3: main menu hello everyone it's main menu for the 5th of october 2018 this is your co-host jason castanguay grab your pumpkin spice latte or hot apple cider and get ready you're going to hear all about the windows october 2018 update Jeff Bishop, Mariah Moon, Brett Humphrey and Jason Greaves join us from Microsoft to talk all about Narrator and Magnifier improvements. Links will be provided for the complete guide to Narrator as well as the accessibility blog and Windows Insider program. Lots of great info in this program. Enjoy!
0: everyone. This is Janine Stanley with the show that so many of us have been waiting for. That's right. It's Windows 10 update time again. And we have a full house this time on Main Menu. From the Main Menu team, we have with us Larry Turnbull. Hello, Larry. Hello. Paul Henriksen. Hello. And we have a voice from ACB Radio's past. We have David Tanner with us tonight. Hello there. We have Michael Doweys with us tonight. Hi, Michael.
4: Hello, everyone.
0: Now, on the Windows side, we've got a team of program managers for you from the Windows Accessibility Department, and that is headed up by our very own Jeff Bishop. Hi, Jeff.
5: Well, I'm not sure if it's headed up by me, but I don't want that responsibility, but I'm one of many. But thank you for... Uh, thank you for for that thank i think
0: you. <laughs> you've got the lead dog spot today.
5: oh well thank you
0: <laughs> appearing with jeff are mariah moon hi mariah
2: hello everyone it's great to be back
0: brett humphrey
6: well hello uh,
1: always great to be here
0: jason greaves
1: howdy great to be here thank you
0: jeff we're gonna talk windows 10 updates so Tell us a little bit about the update and sort of the philosophy going into the update.
5: Well, I'm going to pass this over to Brett to kick things off. But what I will say is that the Windows 10 uh, October 2018 update is now out. So for those of you who are wanting to get it, uh, you can do that by going to Windows Update and doing a check for update. But uh, to get things started, let's kick things over to Brett. Brett. You know, I kind of always want to start at the top. One of the things that's
6: just really important for us is really the Microsoft culture, where, our, where Microsoft is committed to empowering every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. And as you know, that includes everybody, people with disabilities, people across the board. And so it's really been a continued huge help and support. So always, always fun to have that mission. And then, you know, as we continue to work on that machine. I know we've been on the show a couple of times talking about our improvements and where we're at, but really the evolution from the last few releases is due directly to feedback from users. Have a great time listening to users. It's great to get out and talk with users at conferences, hear the feedback through whether it's Twitter or whether it's through the Windows Feedback tool. However we get the feedback, it's always great to hear the feedback. both uh, constructive and what people are enjoying about what we're doing. So, uh, thank you to everybody who's been giving feedback. It's been a huge help to us, and and you really, you really are helping shape the product as we go forward. So, thank you very much for that. And, you know, as we've been listening to feedback and looking at our direction, we really continue to focus on really core things around easier to discover, learn, and use. Uh, what's interesting for us across the board is that we do a great amount of work and getting the word out is awesome. Things like main menu really help us get that information out. But even for folks that may not listen to the show, how do you get in and learn about things from whether it's some of the stuff we're going to talk about today or just in general about, hey, I have low vision or, oh, or I am uh, have a hearing issue, how do I get in and use ease of access and kind of really discover what's going on? So we spent a lot of time helping with discovering. And then really, once you discover it, how do you learn it and really use it? And so we really are focused on, on how do we now learn uh, the ATs are there? And how do you really get to daily use and really ease of use around all those items? So it's exciting today because we're going to talk about some of those related to both low vision and uh, the screen reading today. So super, super excited to kind of dive into that and hear what the team has to say. I'd love to have Jason kind of talk about some of the low vision features. He's been working and driving some super exciting pieces for us. And so we'd love to share that with you today.
1: Thanks, Brett. Uh, It really is an honor to be here. I wanted just a kind of quick introduction as to how I got here. I joined the team um, about almost about a year ago, and really it kind of came down to meeting Jeff Petty again. We We had caught up a couple times while I was at Microsoft, but I really started to see a difference in the team, what they were actually building, and it seemed like they really were building for people. Uh, and I kind of met up with with Jeff for coffee, and I said, "Jeff, what's your secret?" You know, you guys are making great progress. A narrator looks like you're focused on great things. And so he leaned in and he said, "I'll tell you the secret." He said, "We're actually listening to our customers, and we're building what they want." Uh, and you know, it's it, it's just so true that Brett is talking about. Um, it feels like. All day, you know, we wake up and we get these great emails about all of the different postings on Facebook and on Twitter from our customers. And all day, it's about uh, being customer obsessed. Uh, And that's really why I joined. I'm personally low vision. Uh, I've had a visual uh, ocular albinism since birth, have about 20, 70 vision in my left eye and about 2,200 in my right eye. So um, I've been able to use a lot of these great tools my whole life and it it really is awesome to be able to come work on this team to build things that were great for me, but also to learn about so many other people that, that see differently. And, and that's really been my biggest learning this year is just learning about how people uh, see, see the world differently, you know, use their computer differently. So uh, it's been great. And so I want to kind of talk about, you know, uh, how I've been learning uh, from other folks and kind of how we're applying that learning to the features that we're building in Windows and specifically in the October update. You know, one of the biggest things that I started to hear from a lot of folks uh, was that they really wanted to make things on the screen bigger, which made a lot of sense to me. And one of the things that was really interesting that uh, people were saying, well, we really, you know, there's it's it's kind of this constant battle. They want to make things bigger, but they don't want to take up tons of space because they want to kind of optimize for making it bigger, but also being productive. And so people started saying, no, what they really liked was this notion of making their text bigger. Uh, and so that you know people would kind of show me the their iPhones and show cool features about making their text bigger. And so Uh, we started to explore how can we make things in Windows bigger specifically? How do we make text bigger within Windows? Uh, And so we started to actually build this implementation inside of uh, the different parts of Windows. And it really started to take off as we were building it because we built it within uh, some of our applications and then we were able to make it work in things like Start Menu. Uh, We started to light it up on the web. And so this experience became this idea of let's let users actually make their text bigger across the entire system. And just like people love that ability to kind of increase their text size with kind of a simple slider, we wanted to bring that to the PC. So uh, in the October update, when you go to ease of access, or you can also search, say things like make things bigger, make text bigger, the very first experience you'll get in the display page is a new make text bigger option. And it's a really simple experience. You move the slider, there's some sample text there, and then you click apply. And then across the entire system will actually make the text bigger. And for folks that maybe aren't low vision, the reason why this experience is so important, is making the text bigger also means that you get more room to be productive in other areas. So if you were to make all of your screen bigger and make everything bigger, and there is features for that in Windows, you may not have kind of the full use of the system in the same way. And so what I have enjoyed doing is making my text a little bigger, making all of the screen elements and things bigger at the same time, and kind of finding a sweet spot and as we've been doing studies with uh, different folks, it's it's kind of neat to provide these capabilities independently. It's, I think the, the best thing, someone's kind of saying, it feels like you're putting me in the driver's seat to figure out the right experience and empowering me to make it great. And so that's what tech scaling, the text sizing is all about is making that text bigger across all of Windows. Uh, one, one last thing to talk about with text sizing, a little bit of a power user feature, something that I really like to use with it. With some screens, the screen is still is, is really small, so I do find myself still using magnification, our Windows magnifier. I'll actually go ahead and use the text sizing feature, and you can go all the way up through 200%. I'll make the text bigger, and then I still will use our magnifier. This kind of has two advantages. First... When I use the magnifier, I don't have to go as high as a zoom level as I previously did, which means I can move a little more efficiently around Windows. And then also, because I've made the text bigger, and when we make it bigger, it's actually really nice and crisp. The text looks really good with magnifier. So that's, again, that's a kind of a power user technique that I use with uh, text sizing. And it's also a good segue for me to kind of jump into magnifier features that we've been building. And magnification is uh, near and dear to my heart, as it is for many of us. I'll kind of never forget using Zoom text for the first time uh, in, in the 1990s. Just it really is awesome to have software that just opens up new possibilities. And so, um, you know, some of the things that we've been learning with magnifier is just, you know, how do different people use magnification? And um, one of the one of the things that we released actually in an earlier version of Windows was actually the ability to customize the zoom increments. So you uh, previously could to zoom in, you'd go from 100 to 200 percent. And we added some zoom levels like 50 and 25. Well, we actually heard that people really liked that, but they wanted to go even more granular. They're like, we really want to make this fit perfectly for for our visual acuity. So in this release, we've actually added the 5% and 10% zoom increments. Uh, and so this is a, is a really nice way to just get that magnification level that's perfect for you. Another really exciting feature that we added uh, is something we call centered mouse mode. So when I joined uh, this team, I started to meet folks inside the company and outside the company that use magnification. And we, uh, I met one person inside the company that had lost has a lot of loss of peripheral vision, And this is uh, not something that I have. So I really wanted to understand, you know, how he views the world and how he uses the computer. So, you know, he kind of talked about how important it was to be able to, you know, look at things in the middle of his screen. And so he wanted this this idea of actually having the the mouse cursor always being in the middle when he uses magnification. That way, it's always in a place that he can find. If the mouse is kind of moving all over the place, it can be really hard because he's constantly moving his head to find where the mouse is. Another problem that I heard was that when you use magnification, you move the mouse cursor and the viewport, basically the zoomed in area of the screen moves along with it. And so you're kind of tracking two different things. You're moving your mouse, you're moving the viewport. So it can be a little difficult to kind of follow both of those things at the same time. So we've built a new experience inside of the full-screen magnifier that allows you to keep that mouse centered in the middle of the screen. So when you're moving around, the, the mouse cursor will be right there in the middle uh, and it's it's really neat because when you get closer to an edge, it will unsnap as you would expect. And if you have two monitors, as you get close to the edge of those two monitors, it'll kind of pull off the center and go over to the other monitor and then it'll get back to the center again in that second monitor, perhaps if you're using like a Word document on one and a browser on the other. So we've really it was really great to work on this experience because this is not a feature that I personally use, but it goes right back to what Brett was talking about. This was so fun to work with uh, inside and outside of the company because we under what started to understand what the problems were. We prototyped out some solutions. We gathered feedback. We've continued to improve it, and we're excited to continue to make this a great experience moving forward. The last thing that I want to talk about with Magnifier is really just kind of fundamentals. Uh, we kind of talk about, we say on the team, we say it's kind of our vegetables. And uh, a lot of the feedback we were getting, especially around people that were submitting feedback through the Windows Feedback tool, was that Magnifier kind of felt in two ways uh, kind of rough around the edges. First. Uh, magnifier kind of has a jumpy nature to it. Uh, and so we really wanted to unpack what that meant. And so we started to work with customers and watch what they did. And literally, they would click something with their mouse and Magnifier would jump away from them. Uh, and so they're like, that's exactly the problem. It feels like it's kind of fighting. Uh, and I think that's the, the, the one that I really honed in on was people felt like magnifier is fighting what they're trying to do. So we've actually built in a kind of a new experience where we, we try to work harder at listening to what the user is doing. We stay focused on their current input and make sure we're not moving the magnifier in the wrong way. The other feedback we heard is that the magnifier performance itself, as you pan around with the mouse or when you're typing, feels a little sluggish. It feels like it um, isn't keeping up in some cases. So we also worked on making magnifier more performant. And so both making sure the user's always in control and also making sure that magnification is keeping up with the user were two areas that we invested in our vegetable bucket and our fundamentals bucket. So those are kind of the, the main improvements that we've made to magnifier.
5: So, Michael, how have you used some of the low vision features in the update for Windows?
4: Let me give first some, uh, a little bit of a backstory for me. And I think this will be a little profound for all of you guys at Microsoft of how, how good of a job you guys are doing. A long time ago, I was always a Windows user. I didn't use anything else. And I wanted to try something new. And so I went to an Apple store and I said, impress me. They showed me the Mac, they showed me the Zoom features, and I was sold. Now, you know, I've been a Mac user for a very long time, and uh, with some of these, with Windows 10, and with the new things you guys have done with Magnifier and Narrator for uh, my low vision, or for my screen reader use, I have found that... uh, much of what Apple has provided built in is now provided by Windows. And I, this the uh, centered mouse mode has uh, magnifier is something I've been using on the PC for business for many, many years. But this centered mouse mode is going to change my world because it's what Zoom text provides. It's what the Mac has provided and now it's built into Windows. It, it is a profound, Change in Windows so much that you know I I refer people to get a Windows computer because all of the same features that you could get with Zoom Text, as far as that centered mouse mode with the uh, full screen magnification and uh, just using the computer, are now there. You know, I can turn on a magnifier on any computer running the uh, October update. To windows 10 and i can use it effectively with it enlarged with magnifier just with windows plus and you know that's so profound just being able to sit down at a computer and be able to use it that's you know in the past when we grew up you couldn't just do that i mean there was magnifier but it you know it has improved so much and the work that all of you guys are doing is amazing and uh, of course it still has some some issues and you know I've been putting feedback in towards that uh, some jumpiness and different things but it's you know I it can only get better from here and uh, basically it works so well that just dragging your mouse around the screen keeping it centered is very useful when you're doing developer projects like in visual studio or Android studio where you need to be able to focus on Uh, certain items or even in a Word document when you need to, uh, you know, do selections and different things. Sometimes if you need to drag your screen, the mouse would go off the screen or, you know, go to the edge and it would move too quickly and you would lose what you're trying to do. So this allows you to keep focused on what you're actually trying to work on uh, with your vision. That way uh, you don't lose track of the text or your cursors. Awesome. Thanks, Michael.
1: Those are great. That's great to hear, Michael. I'm super excited to to hear that, and uh, you know, excited to continue to to work on these great features. So I think um, those are the major low vision improvements that we're making. Uh, I think I'm going to toss it over to Mariah. That's going to she's going to start jumping us over into Narrator.
2: I'm going to be talking about what we've been doing to make easier Narrator easier to learn. So after talking with screen reader users, including some users on our team, we know that it can take Uh, a long time to become proficient with a screen reader, sometimes months and even years. So in this release, we've built something we call the Narrator Quick Start to help learn the basics of Narrator. The goals of the Quick Start are really to teach Narrator users enough to get started. We wanted users to be able to do things like browse the web, continue their learning with the Narrator user guide online, uh, as well as change their settings. So we focus on the top 13 concepts we thought that people needed to learn how to do. Things like how to learn the keys on their keyboard, how to navigate, read, edit, and interact with controls like buttons and links. And we actually put a lot of those controls in the quick start. So as you're learning how to interact with headings or combo boxes or buttons, we have those controls in the quick start so you can try out what you're learning uh, as you're going through the quick start. So you can learn kind of in a safe environment. So the quick start will come up uh, when you start Narrator. But actually, the first thing that will come up when you turn on Narrator is actually a new keyboard dialogue that's going to tell you about some of the updates that we're we're making to the Narrator keyboard layout. That dialogue is actually going to automatically be read uh, based on another new Narrator feature where we will automatically be reading dialogues. Uh, And I can turn it over to Jeff now to talk a little bit more about that keyboard dialogue.
5: Okay, great. Thank you, Mariah. Yes, this new keyboard dialogue will come up and it will tell you about the changes that we've made to narrator's keyboarding experience to make it easier to learn and use. There's going to be a checkbox in the dialogue to allow you to not show this again. And for those that may need it, there's also a turn off Narrator button as well to be able to turn Narrator off. Now I would like to talk about the new keyboarding experience for Narrator. This is one of the key features that we made in the October update for Windows, and we've done a number of things here, so let's sort of walk through the new keyboard experience we've really closely listened to feedback from customers and we get lots of feedback from different channels here at Microsoft, including the disability answer desk and Twitter and conferences and all kinds of things. And one of the key things that we heard was that the keyboarding experience was hard to learn. So we wanted to fix that in this release The first thing that you'll notice is that Narrator now provides multiple modifier keys or what we're now calling the Narrator key. So now it's possible to use both the caps lock and insert keys as your Narrator key. The commands are now more ergonomic and mnemonic, and you can use the numeric keypad to issue commands for Narrator. In fact, it's possible to get to all objects on screen simply by using one hand. Some of these commands may seem familiar to you. For example, narrator key plus up arrow will read the current line and narrator key plus down arrow will do a read from here. If you are used to leaving your hands on the home row, we've redesigned narrator's commands here too. So for example, to read by line, word, character, page, and paragraph, all of these are now more designed to be easier to learn and use. If you need a little assistance here in learning the new keyboard layout, you can turn on input learning, which is done by pressing the narrator key, either caps lock or insert, and pressing one. Now you can issue commands from the keyboard and hear what those commands do. The narrator guide has also been updated and we'll give you information later on how to access that also be in the show notes as well
0: and you're hearing that cheering in the background that you're, you're you know hearing right now that would be me jumping up and down with happiness
5: <laughs> yeah well thank you for that uh, I'm
0: very excited to to start using these new commands because that was the one thing that was honestly stopping me was the keyboarding experience and now wow does that sound very familiar
4: you know yeah. You know, with one of my hats, I'm a teacher of the visually impaired and blind, and I teach several screen readers. So the fact that this will make it very similar between, you know, if somebody needs to problem solve or go between screen readers, that's going to make it a phenomenal experience for users. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, a
5: couple of key keyboard commands have changed, and I wanted to cover these a little bit just to uh, give people a heads up. One of the key features in Narrator is this concept of a view. For example, you can change views by character, word and line and heading and you know all kinds of different things. And, and these commands have changed a little bit. You, you might have noticed this as I told you a little bit about some of these commands. So the new commands for changing view are narrator key plus page up and page down. And this allows you again to keep your one hand on the numeric keypad and issue these commands and then use narrator key left and right arrow to move to the next and previous command, you know, object type or, or view type that you are, are wanting to navigate by. This is kind of important because people have used these commands pretty, you know, they've used them a lot. So I wanted to make sure that's clearly noted here. Now, we also did quite a bit of work on making narrator easier to use especially on the web and I wanted to talk about a few things here. The first thing is that we've tried to really make the experience on the web a lot better when navigating to controls such as buttons and links and other things so that each of these types of controls will appear on its own line as you are using up arrow and down arrow in scan mode. This is new in the new release. We now have a new feature called Narrator Find. This allows you to bring up a dialogue, simply type in a string, and then you'll be taken to that place that you searched for. Yay! Yes, this is great. And, and, and by the way, these, these commands not only work on the web, but they work in applications as well. So for example, you could go into Narrator Settings and search for Braille, for example, with Narrator Find, and quickly get to the Braille settings and navigate those very efficiently. It's really kind of neat.
6: I think it's really important that one of the things around easier to use is that we're really looking at all of these great things you can do on the web and the flexibility and and what people are used to for mnemonics and searching that it's not just on the web, it's in any application. So if you're in settings or if you're in the weather app or you're in any app of your of your choice, it, you know, where Narrative is working, you'll be able to use these same commands. We just think that's really about the ease of moving between apps. And then that same thing you learn for the web continues to work everywhere. So really, really important to us to continue to help make that easy to learn because what you then learn transfers to all these different
5: applications. I'd like to talk about two additional features here. One is the ability to pull up a list of links, headings, or landmarks on the current page. Again, this will also work inside of applications as well here. You can then use a filter and actually type in part of the link and narrow your results as well. This works for both links and headings as well as landmarks. And finally, this is something we've gotten lots of feedback about, and that's being able to select text while in scan mode. So now you can use standard selection commands in Windows to be able to select text. And also we've added the ability to use F9 and F10 to mark a block of text and copy that to the clipboard. Cool thing here is that it copies the format of the document as well. So let's say that you're on a web page and it's got lots of headings and and links and all kinds of things, and you wanna be able to copy this into say Word, then you can simply press F9 where you wanna start, go to your endpoint, press F10, and then press Control C and then copy that to the clipboard. In addition to yeah, in addition to that, we added a, a command in Narrator to be able to read your selection, so you can check what you've selected before you copy it to the clipboard. So these are just a few of the things that we've done in this release to make Narrator easier to use as well.
0: And Jeff, on that note, I do have one question for you yeah. about Narrator, um, especially huh? on the web, reading tables. How?
5: Tables, yes.
0: I've not tried tables with Narrator yet on the web. so. Um.
5: Right. Well, one of the things that we've done in uh, this release is we've changed the way that tables are handled. Uh, you can use Control and Alt and Left, Right, Up and Down. Oh, uh, fantastic, yep. okay,
0: and another standard kind of screen reader. Uh, yes, exactly.
5: Yes, exactly, and uh, this will allow you to quickly navigate around in a table. It's you know we've we've took a look at a lot of the industry standards that we've been noticing, and. We wanted to make sure that we brought some of that in into narrator as well.
1: And we use both modifier keys simultaneously in. So can I have caps lock and insert selected so that I can use either one at will?
5: Oh, great question, Paul. Thank you for that. Let's talk a little bit about the configurability of our keyboard layouts so Narrator actually shifts with two keyboard layouts. We have the standard keyboard layout, and that's now the default experience when you upgrade to the new release. And then we have the legacy keyboard layout, which is what you would have experienced in prior versions of Windows. Now, you can also configure the modifier key, and you, it has basically three choices here. You can either use Caps Lock by itself, or the Insert key, or Caps Lock and insert so both are turned on by default meaning that you could either use the caps lock key or the insert key and that's the default experience when you Oh, upgrade that's super that's great yeah so this is great right so it works well on a full-size keyboard it works well on a laptop you know it's really the best of both worlds here jeff i had one quick question sure
3: i was curious if there has been uh on work between the narrator folks and the magnifier folks to come up with some ways that both both can work together for those people who want to use both at the same time?
5: Ah. Uh, yeah. Brett,
6: you want to take that? Yeah, that is an excellent question. Uh, in the last release, as you use Magnifier, Narrator will follow, and this is now on by default. So, mm-hmm. if you're used to seeing a Narrator as it reads, it has a nice little blue bounding rack that will track the words as it goes, and uh, Magnifier will now follow that. So, they will read and follow together. So it's it's a great low vision combination to be able to zoom in on your webpage, read through, or as you're reading through email, have it follow and read through email with you. So yeah, we're super excited about that. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Very good news. I think my husband will be excited to try that out. He's uh, kind of excited about the new magnifier uh, items here. So,
5: Next I'd like to hand this over to Brett and he would like to talk to us about a new reading feature. Yeah, I'm super
0: excited about,
6: uh, you know, how do we help bridge these gaps of, in communication where in today's world, you know, people will send email and it'll have great forwarding like bold and underline and italics. And it, it's really used to draw your attention as someone's visually reading it. And what we're trying to look at is, you know, how do we help bring this kind of rich environment that is common in the visual world into a way that really fits and molds with screen reading? And so we have a feature called Reading with Emphasis. And when you turn that on, uh, what we'll do is, as we come across when it's bold or underlined or italics, we will adjust how we read. So when we get to bold, we'll slow just a little bit. Because if you were to you know, add something, put an and in there and bold it, that's kind of how people would read it. And then if it's underlined, we'll kind of pitch down a little bit. If it's italicized, we'll pitch up a little bit. And we've made these so that they can all kind of match. So if it's bold, underlined, and italics, You'll be able to notice that as, as you learn to kind of listen through and understand that the pitch changes. So we're super excited about that, just that ability to to bring what is used quite commonly in visuals in a way that kind of fits into an audio workflow. And we think it's much simpler to do proofing and reading so you don't have to hear things like enter bold, exit bold, enter italics, ex- exit italics, because that just really takes you out of the workflow of listening and understanding the cognitive parts of the sentence. So super, super excited about that give it a try, give us feedback, it really, really fits into how is it that you can work uh, work in conjunction with people and understand uh, kind of what's an emphasis in text.
0: That is automatic, right, Brett? Is it something you can toggle on and off, this um, emphasis while reading, or is it something that just happens?
6: Oh, awesome question. Uh, it is a feature that you have to tr- turn on today. Uh, we recognize that some of th- these things, Uh, Require a couple of things. One, us to tune it, which is back to our feedback, and then two, sometimes it takes a little bit uh, to get used to. But uh, I'll play a really interesting story for me personally. Is that uh, I was doing a demo uh, a while back, and I had reading with emphasis on, and I was reading through a web page, and the web page happened to have italicized text because they were movies, and I was demonstrating, you know, copying and pasting. So I read through it, and I said, "Hey, somebody notice the." The italics and that it pitched up like oh yeah and so i copied it and pasted it and played it back and as it played back you heard it pitch up and you know to jeff's comment earlier about our cut copy paste with formatting the folks in the audience were like oh my gosh you you pasted with formatting and so it really kind of connects things end to end and and how people cut copy paste and how you review and how you preview so we're kind of excited about really getting feedback on it so please go into the settings turn on reading with emphasis and and give us feedback.
4: My question would be is where can someone access a a quick reference to all the key commands in order to do these review modes that you've talked about uh, in this presentation
1: as well as narrator settings and that sort of thing?
5: Right. Great question, Larry. Thank you. The narrator user guide has been updated for the October update, and you can find that at aka.ms slash narrator guide. And in here, you, you'll you find all the chapters that talk about all the new features. And then there are some appendices in the, in the document that uh, you can refer to. I believe it's appendix B, and it has all of the keyboard layouts and all the narrator commands associated to those commands documented there for both the standard keyboard layout and the legacy keyboard layout one of the great things that we did this this release and when we launched was we updated the word and pdf versions of these we know that a lot of people like to download them and either listen to them on say a victor reader stream or they like to be able to convert them into braille or whatever the case may be so they're now available on that page as well so you can quickly download those as one single file and be able to read the narrator user guide there as well so Yep, we're, all of that stuff is documented and ready for use. Yeah, and one of the other things uh, that's super, super
6: great is that there's a, a keyboard learning mode. And so I feel like, oh, geez, I really wonder if this is the key I want. Uh, you can enable the keyboard learning mode and kind of tap keys and like, oh, yeah, it does what I expect or kind of learn what's under that, uh, under that key as well. So, you know, we've enabled that in a way so you can go in and also learn as, learn
5: as you go. Absolutely. And that's with narrator key one. So caps lock one or insert one to toggle that mode on and off.
0: And we will have a link to that particular web page in the show notes. And in, uh, in when you get our announcement uh, for the show, you will have seen it in that announcement. So be sure and save that as well. Yeah, there you go. But those will be in the show notes and uh, I intend to download it and uh, make it a Braille file. Well, Great, definite good reference. That begs another question, Jeff. How fares Braille in the uh, in the October update? Anything new with Braille? Anything exciting with Braille?
5: Well, there's been some some improvements in Braille, but nothing really public facing. You know, we've uh, we we have improved some of the libraries that we use and things of that sort. But other than that, no, no changes that are currently uh, you know, in this current update.
0: Gotcha. Just some nice under the hood
5: things along the yep. way. Uh-huh.
0: Great. And I actually have not played yet, honestly, with Braille in Windows too much. All well, right.
5: we'd love your feedback about that. That would be great.
0: Great. great. Well, I have a Braille me, so um, we'll, we'll just see if that all works out. But uh, yeah. fantastic. So any other questions, folks?
4: I have one, if I may, on sure. Narrator, and that is: uh, is there a keystroke? Uh, I know other screen readers, you know, offer this, where uh, if you're in an application like Word, you can get uh, any, uh, you know, screen reader specific keystrokes that deal with that program. Uh, I know Jaws has that. Is, is there anything like that in uh, in Narrator?
5: The, there is not we do have narrator key plus f one which shows the list of narrator commands that you can issue, and you can filter the scope of those, that list uh, in that window, but we do not have application specific help uh, you know within narrator itself at this point okay but it's great feedback and it, it it's something that uh, you know we really appreciate hearing about
0: and this shows my ignorance when it comes to Narrator, but is there a command, say, and I know in in Jaws and in um, NVDA, it's it's the modifier key plus T that's going to read you the um, title screen for that particular whatever screen you're on. Is there an equivalent key in Narrator?
5: Yes, it's Narrator key T.
0: Oh no! Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my other keyboarding thing that drove me crazy in Narrator because I could never remember what it was. So.
4: Yep. Awesome. I guess, I guess my last question is, is there, I know with some of the sappy voices, uh, you know, there's been some performance, uh, you know, slowdowns over, over the years. I believe it's, uh, is it David that's the default? Is there any improvement on uh, the speed of, from key to action in, in this release? Or is it about the same? Or do, do you guys have, have y'all seen that? That's, so... First of all, thank you for
6: the question and the feedback. Uh, we have heard from multiple folks that, hey, uh, the lag between key down to reading is definitely, you know, uh, a concern. And so, it's feedback we're taking in and we're looking at. So, we're certainly uh, appreciate the feedback and and please keep it coming. What we're looking at right now is just continuing to work on features and performance as we can. So
0: about the use of Narrator with other programs like Excel and PowerPoint. Can you tell us a little bit about using Narrator in these programs?
6: Well, First of all, always love the question and the feedback. And it's, it's the areas we're continuing to invest in over time. When you look at our investments to date, it's about you know, really continuing to build the foundation of Narrator before we continue to build uh, our continued depth in those areas. Now, there are two parts to that. Uh, one, our partners in Office are doing a great job of continuing to improve the infrastructure in PowerPoint, as an example, and so that will also get better of our time. We also know that Narrator needs to continue to build those fundamentals around keyboarding and searching, uh, conversation about performance just a moment ago, and really until we continue to get those pieces in place, it's really a challenge for us to say, yeah, and we made Excel great and we did PowerPoint without having some of the fundamentals. So you're seeing our focus really on the feedback around fundamentals, making narrator uh, more performant and really reading in the way that you want it to read. So we have a lot of fun stuff coming up in the future. And as more feedback comes in on Excel and PowerPoint, awesome. Well we will work we will look at it. We'll look at it in conjunction with Office. So yeah, is that as yeah, you have more feedback, please keep it coming. It really helps us
0: as an excel user, i'm I've got a bunch of feedback about Excel, so
6: <laughs> and awesome. I,
0: I am very pleased with the changes in PowerPoint actually in uh, well, PowerPoint, I went from thirteen to sixteen, and that was a big jump and lots of nice accessibility there.
6: So, yeah, it's true. I mean, big you know, huge props to the folks in office and our partners there because uh, they continue to to improve it, and they I knew I know they spend a lot of time listening to feedback as well. so What's what's nice about the way we're doing this work is that some of this work and improvements continue to happen because Office is hearing the feedback. So we may not always get the direct feedback. So glad that you're noticing it; that it's working well for you.
1: Is there a way in uh, like Microsoft Word, for instance, to change the level of feedback? So let's say I come into Word and I don't want to hear every character typed. I just want to hear as I type maybe each word repeated or my turn speech off altogether and then have that saved so that when I come back into Word the next time, I don't have to reestablish that level of feedback.
5: Right. Uh, Well, there's a a narrator key and number two. This is the numbers on the top of the keyboard. Uh, You can use that to change what you hear when you're typing. And as far as uh, saving this, you know, for the specific application, that is not something that we have today. We're aware of this feedback and uh, we appreciate hearing this for sure. So yeah, right now, that's currently where we're at at the moment. Cool, thanks.
0: Pretty easy to change on the fly though, right?
5: Yep, absolutely. And you can also change what verbosity, you know, you hear when you're reviewing a document, you can use this by using narrator key V as in Victor and narrator key Shift V to be able to ro- you know, rotate between these different verbosity levels,
0: and I would think that playing around a little bit with that would be really helpful on a document with lots of formatting, so you could know. Exactly
5: absolutely, yes, absolutely.
0: What you want to hear. Uh, now, Jeff, talk to me a little bit about using scan mode in, say, a word document where you have things like headings and different things that you could navigate through. How would one use scan mode in a, or not use scan mode? in reading a
5: document like that.
0: Scan mode has confused me to be honest.
5: Yeah, well, let's toss this over to Mariah actually and let her talk a little bit about this. Scan mode's her baby.
2: So the the question was about uh, using scan mode in Word. Uh, And yes, so scan mode can be used in Word certainly to help review documents. It has things like being able to jump by heading and you can just use the up and down arrow to move by paragraph within your Word document. The other thing that's kind of nice about scan mode in something like Word is that if you don't necessarily know all of the uh, Word or app commands yet, you can use scan mode to kind of explore other places within the app. So those are kind of two examples of where you might use scan mode in Word. But but I'm going to hand it back over to Brett, who has some scenarios where he uses scan mode.
6: Yeah, thanks, Maria. I, I really do use scan mode both in reading and in editing. Uh, I use it quite often uh, in Word documents because I can use the T to jump to table, for example, if I know there are tables in the document and I want to get to them, uh, the ability to jump by heading. So, if I want to review all the heading level ones, I can be in scan mode and press heading level one. And it really does come back to the conversation around easier to use. We really do want these same concepts or at least we believe the use of these same concepts uh, on the web should translate to any application. So if you're comfortable and you understand that, hey, this document has headings, go ahead and jump through the headings. And even uh, you know when I'm typing away and editing an email, I'll do the same thing. I'll type out an email and I'll turn on scan mode and I'll read by paragraph because I'll start the paragraph, know what I have, just hit P to go to the next paragraph, I know what I have. And uh, it just makes that flow. Uh, very consistent for me, so I've kind of really t- trained myself, for lack of a better word, to like, oh man, I can use it in editing, and I can use it when I'm in uh, in the web page, or I can use it when I'm in an app. So it really uh, just feels consistent for me. So that's definitely the the concept. So you know, as if people try it out and are liking it, we'd we'd love to hear more feedback.
0: And I just had a switch flip in my brain as you were giving these examples, both Mariah and Brett. I was thinking, well, that is a lot like browse mode with NVDA. It's It seems to be very similar in how you would use it to skim through, say, a Word document and email with different formatting and things like that. So I think that switch flipped for me. Now I can't wait to go play with it, actually.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and it's really good to hear because, you know, I'm going to go all the way back to that easier to, to learn and use. If one can sit down and learn the basics of web page navigation, which is some of the first things that people learn, if they can repeat those same concepts anywhere they go in Windows, inside of whether it's Word or, or settings or inside uh, the weather app, whatever they need to go do and look at, that, that we think that really helps that learning curve and really helps that consistency because now you can be more efficient every day.
0: And I think being proficient is what we're really talking about here, because when we talk about, you know, employment and things like that, proficiency and speed and accuracy and all of those things really, really are important to us uh, to keep the workflow going. So, and I think, Michael, you can probably talk a little bit to that as well.
4: Yes, indeed. When you are, uh, you know, I've worked in employment situations where, You know, we we would hire folks to work in a warehouse setting, to use computers, to work in offices, and then now I'm training folks to do those things. And when, you know, you're looking to be proficient, you know, you have to be able to keep up with your sighted peers. Otherwise, you're not being as effective as a user of technology. And so uh, when you look at a screen reader for uh, uh, the mass users out there, you have to look at uh, what is... What makes a user be efficient? And, uh, you know, you look at between magnification screen readers and then you look at the screen reader. Is that person effective with a narrator or effective with NVDA or JAWS? And and you evaluate those things. So having the tools built in the OS that allow a person to be as effective uh, as I said a user or somebody using another screen reader is very useful and cost effective and uh, for the user themselves and for the company that is looking to purchase, you know, hundreds of computers. (laughs) So (laughs) it it all comes together to make a more uh, employable blind uh, or visually impaired user of technology.
0: And the nice part is they don't have to install anything over top of with Narrator. So that's pretty exciting. We've talked a lot about feedback throughout the show. And I'm going to pass it over to Brett now to give us some more details about how you can give your feedback on Windows 10.
6: If you're on Windows 10 and you're using Narrator, we want you to be able to give us feedback. And doing so by uh, caps lock alt F will bring up the feedback tool. Uh, that really helps us kind of understand, hey, you were using Narrator. Uh, give us feedback in the app. We'll kind of know that in context. Uh, if you happen to forget that it's caps lock alt F, just Windows key F will bring up the feedback tool as well. Either way, we really appreciate the feedback. Uh, we take it all in and we, we do sift through all of it. So please keep it coming. Uh, if you're willing to be on the Insider Program, we love people on the Insider Program. And you can do so by going to aka ms slash windows insider program you can get a bunch of information there so super great to have people on the insider track and again that really comes back to our feedback cycle we have great feedback from people who are doing this because they get to kind of play with their features early on give us really early feedback and that really kind of helps shape as we close out kind of a product so uh, the new insider ring will be starting soon uh, for the post-october release so Sign up. Help us get feedback. Please keep it coming.
0: And we'll do our disclaimer here. Please do not do this on a production machine. So your work machine, not a good idea. Um, Agreed. Absolutely fantastic. Give it a shot. I I do have a laptop now that I'm setting up to do just that because I think it'll be fun to see some of these features. Uh, And I need another Windows machine in this house. so. (laughs) Away we go, and I, I definitely can't do this on my
6: work laptop. Yeah, really, really good point. I mean, the insider build is, you know, it's new. It's not. It's not complete, so there are always things that are uh, entertaining at times for for <laughs> folks involved. So, uh, really, really good call out uh, on the on the disclaimer. Uh, and then, you know, I know folks want to know more of what's going on, and so we we do have information. The latest blog post that's out, you can find that at aka.ms slash Windows 10 Accessibility Updates. And it will go through the things we spoke about today. And it will also go through some things we didn't cover today. So if you want to know more, uh, go to that uh, particular site. And uh, hopefully we'll have it in the show notes as well. So super, super excited about that.
0: Absolutely. So, in case anyone had not realized the theme here, aka.ms, it has a host of things, and as you'll tell from the show notes and the and the um, additional parts of that URL, you can find out a lot there, um, depending on what we need. But and it's not something you would think, aka.ms, .ms. Why can't I type Microsoft? But actually, this is going to get you right to the info you need without a lot of uh, searching. So.
6: Yeah. And sometimes those will resolve to much longer things that are frankly harder to just talk through. So that's why we like using it. And then, you know, you have the insider program and you have the feedback tool. And if you also need to call our disability answer desk, uh, they're super helpful. We get feedback from them, uh, basically reports from them on a regular cadence too. And they're really super good about helping resolve things that you might have uh, going at that time. So if you'd like that number, it is 1-800-936-5900. So, again, that's the uh, U.S. phone number for our Disability Answer Desk, and that's 800-936-5900. So, yeah, if, if you feel like you need immediate help, pick up the phone,
5: and we'll we'll do our best to help you out.
0: Super. Once again, you will find that in the show notes.
5: Janine, one of the neat things that Microsoft has done is we've partnered with Be My Eyes, and you can use that to get a hold of the Disability Answer Desk as well. In fact, sometimes users have used that when their machines don't boot, things like that, where they need some visual assistance to figure out what's going on. So that's yet another thing that you can use to be able to get to the Disability Answer Desk, and people are definitely using it. It's a and great I think tool.
0: You increased the hours on that, didn't you, recently, I believe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and uh, I have taken a look at that once or twice when I've had issues. And I really like the way that, that you all integrated into the Be My Eyes app, which is a, a great app, folks. And maybe we'll give a little demo one of these days of actually how to do that because it's a very, very nice app. And uh, basically, it is a way for you to get volunteer assistance through the camera on your smartphone. And now hook up to the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk. So pretty exciting stuff. Yep. Uh, anything else to share with us, Jeff and company? Does anyone have any other comments or questions for our Microsoft folks today?
4: Well, Janine, I would like to uh, to uh, I, I would like to fi- say this before we wrap up. Uh, because this is this is something that's very important to me, and I'm sure to many users out there. And I just would like to give all of you guys at Microsoft a huge thank you.
0: Well, I would like to thank everyone tonight, our guests from Microsoft, Mariah Moon, Brett Humphrey, Jason Greaves, and, of course, Jeff Bishop. For the main menu gang, tonight we had with us David Tanner, Paul Henriksen, Larry Turnbull, and Michael Doeis. This has been Janine Stanley for Main Menu.
3: Main Menu is brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening on ACB Radio Mainstream, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can listen by going to acbradio.org slash mainstream, use ACB Link for Android and iOS, grab it as a podcast, or call 712-775-4808. If you have ideas or a contribution you'd like to submit for Main Menu, feel free to get in touch with us. You can email mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also reach us on Twitter at Main Menu. Please note that any submissions will only air subject to approval by the Main Menu team. All right, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.